Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Chamber Chat. We have now launched season four. Welcome again. Thanks again for joining to this Facebook Live. My name is Bill Vitiello. I am the Institutional and Business Development Manager for the Victory Bank. I, it's such a pleasure to host these because we wind up having guests that I've had on before and then also get a chance to meet new people. Uh, but again, thank you so much for joining. Uh, before we begin, do want to mention some other thank yous to Drew Griffin from Delicious Marketing. Drew is doing all the behind the scenes today for this Facebook Live. Absolutely cannot do this without him. So thank you very much. Uh, we also like to thank Tim Hillard and the Ben Exchange, your friends for business benefits. And then also we'd like to thank Danielle and Eileen at the Chamber. They are doing a lot of the scheduling and continuing to help motivate uh, pushing this forward. So uh, if you are a small business owner, this is going to be a great video for you to watch today. So thank you once again for being a part of it. My guest today has actually been on the podcast before, uh, but was really thrilled when he reached out and said, look, we have a little bit more of a timely item we need to talk about. And that is uh, PPP, uh, the Paytech Protection Program launched by the SBA at the beginning of this uh, COVID situation. So please help me welcome from Kreischer Miller, Tom Yankinich. Tom, welcome to Chamber Chat Live. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Bill? Thanks for having me back. No, again, thank you for reaching out because uh, this really is a, a timely issue. I know we're going through it at the Victory Bank. We talk to so many customers. We talk to one another as employees. And we all still have a lot of questions about it, but there's also a lot that we're still getting through. So um, I know you've been helping a lot of small business customers over the last six months or so. So maybe just kind of you know, paint a picture of what it's been like for you and your team uh, to navigate small business owners through this, please. Sure, sure. I mean, um, you know, prior to, to PPP loan, we were talking to several of our clients because everybody's wondering, you know, what's what's next? What should we be planning for? And then uh, I, th I believe it was at March 27th, the, uh, the PPP loan was enacted. And uh, I remember that whole weekend, uh, myself and a lot of my colleagues were really digging into all of that, trying to figure out what, you know, the PPP loan looked like and, and uh, loan forgiveness would, um, you know, really entail. Um, so we spent a lot of time there and uh, meeting internally and we start putting out some content um, as far as webinars were concerned. You know, really the, the beginning of it was, you know, just an understanding of what was, was being offered. Um, then it got into the loan forgiveness application, um, so on and so on with loan forgiveness and, and a lot of other items. Um, I think, you know, one of the things we were doing with our clients early on is um, they heard the term that, uh, that everybody was worried the cash was going to run out. I'm sure you heard the same thing. You were getting calls yeah. and uh, helping our clients early on with, you know, just getting the application together, trying to figure out, you know, what they needed to build up internally to maintain and um, also submit when they were going after the, the, the loan forget the, the loan money itself. Um, now we sort of reached a, a time period where um, there's new things coming out every day. Like you, I, I believe you mentioned, there's new, there's new information coming out and uh, we're getting to the, the, the time period where people are thinking about loan forgiveness and um, you know, what that might, might look like. So we're working with a lot of our clients on, um, you know, strategizing, um, you know, the eight verse 24 weeks, um, what should they think about as far as qualified cost buildup? Um, you're, you're, you're able to use payroll costs and other costs and, and um, really it's come down to, okay, what, you know, what should that look like for me and, and how many weeks should I, I utilize? Yeah, all good points. And we're going to dive into some of those. And, and I can tell you, um, you know, as a small business owner, my message to the small business owners, um, you know, having people like Tom 
and a company like his or even somebody similar is really, really critical for your business. Now, it's not every day a pandemic's gonna come along, but I can tell you from dealing with a lot of customers that we dealt with at the Victory Bank, those who had help from people like Tom, their application process and their forgiveness process are going much smoother than those who do not have that type of assistance. And now I, I realize financially, a lot of small businesses may not be able to afford that, but I would encourage you to at least have a conversation with somebody to see what your budget can afford because um, we're gonna be continuing to navigate these waters together and it's gonna be a lot better for you as a business owner to concentrate on your business rather than concentrating on this. We need to get the businesses back up and running again. So let the professionals concentrate in helping you support with the PPP. You concentrate on running the uh, ins and outs of your businesses. Um, so, so tell me about how you guys have been working with uh, some of your clients during this whole process. Um, it, it's, it, you know, it really started, like I mentioned, with the, um, the loan application process itself. There was a lot of, you know, phone calls that um, clients had asked us to look at the application to see if we saw anything that they may have missed. Um, and, you know, early on, it was, you know, can you help us with cash flow projections? You know, things like that, you know, internally, you know, what does our business look like during these times, you know, with and without the money? Um, you know, or uh, modeling out, you know, your best strategies for forgiveness. I, I mentioned that, you know, you have the eight versus 24 weeks, um, you know, the flexibility act that, that came out subsequent to the, the CARES Act, it allowed for, instead of just using the eight weeks, you're now able to use 24 weeks, which has been really beneficial for, for small businesses. Um, it's it's going to give them a, a tool to help them, um, you know, reach full forgiveness. And it, it gives you some, it switched it. Previously, it was 70% 70, 70 payroll cost was the requirement. That was the the, um, the minimum. And now it's 60% payroll cost. So there are other um, costs that can be used, non-payroll costs. So our clients has really been trying to model that up. And, we, and we've been helping them with that. Um, in addition, um, there's certain certifications that were made on the loan application. Um, if you're not safe harbored and your loan's over $2 million, um, we've been really talking with our clients about, okay, how, how do you support those certifications when they're when they're going to be questioned down the line um, as far as, you know, by the SBA? So, uh, you know, some of the things that we've been doing is, you know, we've been helping clients build out a timeline there. And it's really it's discussions they were having internally. Um, it's really just putting it in timeline form. It's, Tom, for a small business who's trying to decide for forgiveness under the eight or 24 week and maybe just simply don't understand it. Can you explain it a little bit and, and why they might want to take advantage of the eight versus the 24 vice versa? Sure. Sure. So uh, eight weeks was um, the, the original covered period that was allowed under the PPP loan. And what happened was the flexibility act, act allowed for 24 weeks to be the, the alternate. So if you were, um, if you, if your loan was received after June 5th, you were automatically going to be using the 24 weeks, but before you had the option. Um, so I'd say the majority of my clients are using the 24 weeks, because if you think about it, the application that was filled out, it was filled out for two and a half. It was based off of two and a half months of payroll. So if you're able to maximize costs over 24 weeks, it's going to far exceed that two and a half months over payroll. Um, I don't have many clients sticking with the eight weeks. Um, I have you know one or two that are doing it because they're hoping they, they wanted to get everything submitted early. Um, and hopes about hearing forgiveness because the overall timeline, um, once you submit and everything's been accepted, um, first it reaches the bank and the bank reviews the application and they have up to, to 60 days. And then the bank then will pass it along to the SBA and they have 90 days. So there's a max 150 day process 
And that's the max. It could be shorter. I've had a few clients here back from the bank already. But yeah, I would really suggest using the 24 weeks just because you, you're going to be able to maximize forgiveness. Yeah, and we're, we're honestly, we're getting a mix of uh, those customers who had ch chosen the eight weeks. They just want to get it done and over with. Their applications have, have been submitted along with supporting documentation. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that as a bank. We're happy to process it. We actually would probably prefer to work ahead a little bit. Um, you know, we have such a volume of applications that we knew at the beginning it was like, you know, taking the actual application for the PPP. Uh, you know, we could face a similar volume uh, on the back end as well with everybody trying to get forgiveness. So it's one of those things where if you identify that you want to do eight weeks, please submit it to your financial institution, um, you know, and, and start there. Uh, there also has been discussion, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit. I, then again, I might my statement might satisfy it, but there has been discussion that instead of submitting an application for forgiveness, that maybe there's some sort of affidavit or some kind of sign off that any loan amounts below 150,000 would essentially just re require a signature on good faith that you use the funds for its intended purpose. Um, tell me what you're hearing on that so far. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a great point. I, I, I was going to mention that as well. Um, we, we have heard, you know, I'd say the past week or so, I've heard that come out where if your loan is under 150,000, you would sign off and it sort of streamlines the process. Um, and then and that sort of goes back to, you know, some of the, the, the businesses we're working with They're they're waiting um, and they may choose eight weeks because, because you, even if you wait, you can choose the eight weeks if you, if you'd like to. Um, but more and more information just keeps on coming out there. Um, I spoke to somebody from the SBA over this weekend, and um, they had told me that they were expecting some new news to come out today. I was hoping it was going to be right before our, our talk so I could ha have some breaking news, but nothing. Breaking it, news, it, right? Yeah, it, 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 it didn't come out yet. Um, but I, I heard Monday there was supposed to be something released um, related to forgiveness, and, and that could be one of those items. But as of right now, nothing's been finalized there, but there has been new things coming out all the time. Yeah, and I think, you know, as as uh, banks, we have been advocating for um, everyone to push that through um, just as a separate piece. I mean, if if they can't come to an agreement on a stimulus package, uh, the next one, whatever that looks like, we have been advocating just to push that particular piece through. Uh, again, I think that's just going to be easier for everybody, um, you know, to be able to, to to get it through and get it uh, get it behind us. And then if there's a new stimulus package, you know, maybe we deal with another, you know, process or, or, or what have you. Um, you know, Tom, tell me about some of the clients that you work with. I know, look, you, you guys are, um, you know, a larger, you know, a firm, but you have a very individual um, touch type of process, if for lack of a better description. But kind of tell me some of the customers that you work with, if you don't mind. Yeah, so a very, very broad range. If we, broad range, if you're just looking at revenue, I have clients that are anywhere from, you know, a two million to I have a billion dollar client. Um, but I think that you know our our um, our range of of what's norm for us is that you know I'd say probably twenty to maybe sixty million dollar client. Um, but I mean, with all of our clients, one of the things we've been trying to do, and it's uh, it's you know it's been nice for you know streaming services like this and Microsoft Teams and Citrix is just have these meetings. Um, I'm I'm used to Microsoft Teams where we're having, you know, five, six meetings a day. And, um, you know, we like to have those touch points with our clients, especially during these times. Um, there's questions that pop up all the, all the time. I mean, uh, as we mentioned, there's new information on the PPP loan. Um, but, you know, we can't we're used to having quarterly meetings with our clients where we're going out there and see what's going on with their business. 
And uh, that, that's the best way to do it right now. Yeah. And you said uh, but, you got. Oh, good. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you guys had said you've been, you were doing webinars, um, obviously mm -hmm. educating people on the PPP. Um, are you continuing to do them? And, and what do you see uh, forthcoming for webinars? So the, um, the last one that we had done, we had done them all throughout the process. It was, you could, um, on our website, we have a, a um, it's a coronavirus um, sort of task force website where we have a lot of resources, articles that were written. Um, we really covered from the beginning, you know, what was in the CARES Act, what to think about. Um, loan for the loan applica application process itself. Um, and then with every change there was, I would get a, a, an email on like a Saturday night, hey, we need to put something together to get out to our clients mm -hmm. <laughs> Monday or Tuesday because there were so many changes. So we, um, there's a lot of webinars out there. I think the most recent related to um, the certifications made because um, we were getting a lot of questions from clients of, okay, well, you know, I made these certifications with my loan application. Um, what should I maintain internally? I know the types of things that I've, I've, um, you know, I went through as a business and, you know, I have some of the stuff documented, but how do I, how do I build that up? So that was, an, that was a recent webinar as well. Yeah. And I, I, I give you companies like yours credit for putting the webinars out there. You know, there's some organizations that might say, you know, if a customer has a question, they might say, well, you know, you, ha you have to be a customer of ours in order to get this knowledge. Um, but I think during the time of COVID when people need it the most, and you guys are an authority in what is happening right now. For you to put that information out there, I think just speaks to um, you know you individually, and then your company's culture as well. Where look, we're, we're all in this together, right? And we mm -hmm. all want to get through it together. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're providing that complimentary. And again, I just think that speaks to your character and your company's character. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Bill, when, when we started the, the process, you know, we always we, we had done webinars before and we do a lot of um, as a firm, we have what's called a Center for Private Company Excellence. And we do a lot of, you know, in-person seminars on various topics. And uh, we started the webinars because, you know, it, it, we were sort of forced into it um, just with the current environment. And I'd say, you know, the very first one we did, um, you know, it, we typically were used to our seminars. We fill a room of anywhere from 50 to 100 people. But the webinars were offered to everybody, not just clients. And we had around sometimes 500 people on those um, those webinars. And it was just, you know, the topic was important. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. Um, I want to dive in and, and, and I hope I, you know, neither one of us are really going to share our screen here. Um, mm -hmm. Can we talk about the forgiveness application itself? Um, I'm sure I'm sure you've seen it. Um, yes. You're familiar with it. So can you talk to some of the areas that some business owners might be getting tripped up on. Um, I mean, I, I could give you examples myself, but I want to hear from somebody else to see whether they're going through the same thing. And I'm hoping that this helps business owners submit their application accurately so it can get processed much quicker through your financial institution and ultimately the SBA. So maybe start from the top down uh, on that application. And uh, I, so, so the first thing I'd say, um, just to, to point out is um, for small businesses out there, if you if you maintained payroll, there were no FTE reductions, you know, through, you know, through your covered period. One of the first things you should look at is the, the easy form. Um, it's it's a simpler approach. To, there's a few more certifications on that form. But um, just going down step for step to the certifications, you'll know if you qualify. And, and a big piece of that is if there were FTE reductions or um, or, or any, you know, salary salary decreases. So I, I think that's the first step, because. The application itself, as you mentioned, it's, it, it could be voluminous, it could be scary because of all the, the schedules that are associated with it and, and all the line items. 
So if you're if you're eligible, I'd, I'd take a look at that to see if you could use the EZ form because it'll save you a bunch of time. Um, as far as the application itself, there's a lot there, right? I mean, you know, where you're going through and you're evaluating, you know, what are your payroll costs look like, your non-payroll costs that you're going to include. Um, you have to account for any FTE reductions because if you had FTE reductions, um, a quotient is formed and that quotient will reduce your loan forgiveness. That's that's a piece of it as well. Um, you have to evaluate who's an owner. Um, that's one of the things that recently actually came out was um, the definition at the end of August, the de definition of an owner um, changed. Uh, it became for C-Corps and S-Corps, if you were less than 5% owner of the company, you're not an owner. And where that came, where that became important is that there were there's certain um, compensation caps for owners that don't exist for other employees. So that was important. Um, so there, there's a section when you're filling out all your payroll that you have to be aware of that. Um, a big one that came out when you're when you're building up your non-payroll costs for your application is um, related party rent. So if you're the only owner of a business and you're paying and, and you have an LLC that owns the building and you're paying yourself rent, that rent itself cannot be included in your application. Um, what you're going to have to do is you can take um, the mortgage interest on that building that you pay. That can be a piece of it. But that affected a lot of our, our uh, clients, just because if you think of that's a situation a lot that the owner may own the building in an LLC. And so you basically pulled out all those rent payments that were being made that were included in those non-payroll costs. And, uh, you know, we were getting questions from clients. How are we going to make up for that? <laughs> where, where does that come from? And really the answer there is you can extend out over the 24 weeks. And I, uh, I talked I talked to a lot of lenders and also just people with the SBA. And they, they were saying they could see a lot of clients just to make it simple shift over and make it, you know, a great, a great deal of it payroll because tying out the payroll reports that we're getting for, from the third party providers and, um, you know, what's available there. It's been, it's been pretty simple for banks when they're reviewing. Yeah, you see guys, you see where it gets a little complicated. Why you need somebody like Tom, <laughs> he's talking all kinds of gibberish over there for some of you that are not familiar others. It may not, so that's why. Yeah, you, I don't even. I don't have the application up, and I'm already just picking stuff off my my the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right, and 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 here, but here's the thing, right? So you're you're providing knowledge about this application and what you've come across, but here's the reality: everybody's different. Yes, every single scenario is different. There, I've haven't come across two businesses that are alike in the way that they're um, running through this PPP, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I received a call um, last week. It was on Friday and um, they wanted us, they, they left me a voicemail and they just wanted, they were small business. I found out their, their loan was smaller. It was about 30,000. And they just said, Hey, can I just, I, I don't work with them at all. And they said, can I just pick your brain for a half hour? And I said, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 we'll be able to run through those answers pretty quickly on, on some common questions. But as you mentioned, every, every client's different. Um, every company's different. And they have different resources to help them put these things together. So we're just trying to be there to, to help them out through that process. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've just had the we scratched the tip of the iceberg here. So uh, is there anything else that you want to offer on the PPP before we go? Again, I, I know we could this could probably be an hour. <laughs> you have somebody from an accounting and you have somebody in banking and we probably could flood you with information. Um, but we do want to encourage you to reach out to Tom. Is there anything else you want to share before we go, Tom? I would just say, you know, keep in touch with, you know, your trusted advisors, your lenders, keep in touch with them. When, as you have questions, feel free to reach out. Um, and, 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 you know, your CPAs, they're really going to be helpful in, um, you know, guiding you through if you have questions for modeling out the different scenarios, what to think, think of from a, a certification standpoint. 
And you know, if you need somebody to review your application, I mean, we've your your loan forgiveness application. We've helped we've helped numerous clients through that process. Um, I have a few clients, as I mentioned, that have have gone through and they've been pushed along through their lender, and they're now with the SBA. Um, but yeah, I, I just say keep in contact with your trusted advisors. Yeah, I would I would totally agree. There's people who we keep in touch with on the regular, and uh, it was so much easier to process their application. Uh, and again, even through normal course of business, even if you don't necessarily have anything really hard to talk about, your lenders always enjoy talking with you, seeing how the business is going. That familiarizes themselves a little bit better with your business. Um, again, they've gone through that process. If you've gone through any type of maybe account opening or lending, but it's really critical to, to stay in touch. Um, I heard so many stories about people who have large relationships uh, with some of these financial institutions and they had a difficult time just at least getting a call back and had no idea what was going on. So you really need to build your relationship with your local uh, local bank or at least a local banker uh, who can navigate you through that process. So just a few moments ago there on your screen, you saw that um, we pulled up your website there and right on the front or is the uh, coronavirus information portal there. Yeah. Uh, and there's quite a bit on there. So go ahead. Yeah. Several articles and webinars, um, you know, on demand, you could, you can click those webinars anytime you'd like to look through them. Um, again, you know, it's sort of, the, you, you can sort of follow a timeline there. Some of those webinars we would start off by saying, okay, well, we need to make you aware of these changes because <laughs> something new came out. So. That's great. Tom, where can people get a hold of you if uh, they'd like to contact you or had some additional questions off of this uh, Facebook live? Um, my, my, Contact, work contact is um, 215-441-4600, uh, extension 269. And then my email address, which I, I you know, have up all day, is uh, T-Y-A-N-K-A-N-I-C-H at KMCO.com. And then also there, on our website, there's a uh, direct link to our emails if, if anybody has any questions. Yep. And we're also going to put that uh, information down in the episode notes as well. So. Um, I want to thank you for coming on today. You've been a great help to the local business owners. Uh, you've been great to uh, volunteer your time with Chamber Chat, so we greatly appreciate you being a guest today. I'm going to ask you to hang on for just a moment and uh, stay tuned right now for networking tips. So at the end of each one of these episodes, I like to provide a networking tip that maybe can help you uh, since you are a member of the Chamber uh, and viewing this. And if you're not a member of the Chamber, you should consider being a member. Um, for value like this. So one of the things that I like to do and things that I've seen in the past with any type of networking, it could be online, it could be on person, uh, in person, is to develop your own brand, right? So what do I mean by that? And I, I could probably, you know, there's half hour, 45 minute, hour long uh, webinar, but um, take a look and maybe, you know, take a look to yourself, do a little bit of brainstorming, maybe shoot some ideas off of somebody else who might be in your network, what would be something that you could brand from yourself? So is it, um, is it a smile uh, during a networking event or a Zoom event? Is it something that you're wearing? Is it a pin maybe you put on your lapel? Is it a certain tie that you wear? And then also the, the phrases, the words, and how you present yourself is really important. I personally have a brand that I use when I project myself to you folks. Yeah, you obviously see the Victory Bank logo. I'd like to have a big smile. 
that, but that's how I am as personally, uh, you know, as a, a personality, I'm very warm and I invite, I invite people to have that conversation with me. I also have a personal brand over electronic communication, uh, email, for instance. Um, I'm usually a little bit more on the formal side. I don't like to be informal because um, I'm not informal in real life. Uh, I respect the people that I talk to and find value in our conversation. And I want to be able to project that. Um, sometimes I have friends that make comments that, you know, I'm over, overly formal with, you know, I might give a salutation of regards or all my best. And you know what? I truly mean it. Um, and that was, that's what I've identified as my personal brand. So hopefully you take something from that and maybe begin to develop your own personal brand and be consistent about it. This way people will recognize you when they come to events and they'll come to, to be familiar with your consistency um, and how you present yourself. So that's my networking tip for this week. You got that, Tom? I got it. You all set? <laughs> all right. If I remember the last time we were together, uh, you were dressing pretty sharp there. You had a pretty fly blazer you, yeah, on. You, you, gave me, uh, you gave me a lot of credit on that. I, I, on the Facebook Live, I think that was one of the first Facebook Lives, so you were glad that uh, you, you were able to see the, uh, the get up. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. And, and that's exactly why I mention it, because... You know, it's one of those things where that's one of the first things that I noticed about you is that you took enough pride in yourself and, and what you do uh, and you dressed accordingly for it. So uh, even though it was audio and nobody could see you, um, you greatly appreciate uh, the fact that you did that. So I remember that. See, yeah, personal, yeah. personal branding. It's all about it. So. <laughs> all right. Good. Thanks. Well, thanks, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. This has been Chamber Chat. The, our Facebook Live. We are now into season four. We have so many more guests waiting for you and to provide value to your membership. If you're not a member of the chamber, please contact us today at podcast at tricountyareachamber.com. If you are a member of the chamber and would like to be on Facebook Live, uh, the chamber chat, please email us also at podcast at tricountyareachamber.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until we connect again, all my best. Bye for now. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, everyone.